This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Franchise Tag NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Salas, and today I'm going to be previewing the AFC South, and more importantly, Andrew Luck's retirement. I feel like it only fits well in this scenario because of his retirement. Uh, Initially, I was going to cover the rest of the NFC and uh, some of the AFC, which I've done so far with a couple guests. Make sure to check that out. Those are my previous episodes. But as of right now, uh, the biggest news going around in the NFL, and it's still pretty shocking to this day, of the news of Andrew Luck retiring and 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 you know just to get into it and just to touch base on it Andrew Luck decided to step away from the game cuz he he mentally and physically was not into the game like he he was not in it like in general his body was getting hurt he's in the same spin cycle of getting injured and trying to recover getting ready for the season he was the comeback player of the year last year in 2018 and that just goes to show you it's it's him coming back from injury that he has to deal with and he's such a phenomenal talent and the fact that he has to keep dealing with this is awful and it's not fun if you have to keep doing that the NFL is supposed to be fun and that's the thing with football you want to make sure you have fun you have guys who play this long is because they're having fun take Tom Brady for example he's had his injuries in the past he's phenomenally health phenomenally healthy right now due to his diet and the way he works out and the way he takes care of his body and it's fun for him. That's why he wants to go up to the age of 45. He wants to leave his legacy behind as one of those guys that stayed in the NFL for so long. And and it's he's at the point in his career where every step of the way, every you know film room analysis that they have to do, every time they do film, every time they're on the field practicing, every time they do um, team practices with other teams, and every time they uh, have to go over anything with football, he's obsessed with it. And the thing is with Andrew Luck, he's not at that point in his career right now. He's 29 years old, very young. And we thought his he was in the prime of his career right now. He's at the best point in his career, uh, age-wise. And we thought he was going to take that to the promised land. Now, like I said on this podcast many times before, he was the main reason as to why the Colts were my Super Bowl pick coming into this year. Unfortunately, that can't happen anymore because, like I mentioned before, Andrew Luck is a big piece to that team. And Andrew Luck has been around for a very long time. He had to have you know Chuck Pagano and deal with him and. Um, he, he was a great coach for the time being, but late, later on, he really wasn't putting anything together, and Andrew Luck had to stick around for the ride. And now he has Frank Reich as his head coach. He finally gets a salary cap that they need, um, as an organization, I mean. And they get to pay their offensive linemen. They get to pay some defensive players. They get to do everything they can. They're number one in the league in cap space right now. So they still have money to spend wherever they want, to the point where Andrew Luck is receiving all his money on his massive contract over $100 million, and they'll be able to give it to him. Well-deserved, of course, and it's just sad to see, man, that this happens to him. A big thing I wanted to go over is for any NFL organization, and mind you, I'm not a coach, I'm just a podcaster, but it doesn't take more than common sense to figure out that you find a quarterback and you protect him. He was the number one pick in the draft a while ago, um, and he had a phenomenal career ahead of him, and it's a shame that he had to leave at 29, and there's a lot of people out there right now on Twitter and social media and a lot of fans who who really don't know the game of football as much. And mind you, I've played football in my life, so I understand a little bit of it, but not to the extent of the NFL. Not, not a lot of people are going to ever experience that. But you can kind of get a gist of why guys like football, why guys hate it, what, why things happen that take them out of the game mentally and physically. 
And Andrew Luck was injured his whole career, like I mentioned before, because he was not protected. So as an NFL organization, if you have a quarterback, you have a star player, you have to protect them, mainly quarterbacks. Quarterback is a position where you're safe for the most of your career. Like, not a lot of injuries can happen. Mind you, injuries do happen in the NFL, but the quarterback is supposed to be the safest place to play in the NFL. It's the safest position. And reason being is a lot of people find their guy and they make sure they give him an offensive line so they can protect him. He has time in the pocket and he can make whatever play he wants to. And if he so chooses to scramble and get hit and and deal with those injuries, that was on him or whatever type of offense are running, especially right now with Lamar Jackson. He's kind of changing the NFL landscape. He's kind of going old school again, like kind of like the Michael Vick era is what he's being compared to, where they're running the ball a lot with their running backs, and they're running with uh, Lamar Jackson, and he's not really throwing, uh, maybe due to his arm, maybe not. I don't know if that's the new scheme they're running, but if that's the case, that's what you do. If, if you want to run that type of offense – you know, and you know, you know the risk, and you're willing to take it. Feel free to run that type of offense. But for the Colts, from the beginning, they haven't even protected Andrew Luck. He's dealt with, you know, bro- like a broken rib, and he, you know, he pissed blood. And not, not to get too, you know, in depth with it, but these are the type of injuries he's dealt with. He's he's had a concussion. He's dealing with an ankle. He had to go to Europe to get stem cells in his shoulder. Those are the type of injuries he's dealing with. He was probably never going to be able to throw football again last year. That was the rumor going around. And no one was surprised when he was going to retire at that point. But the second now he chooses to retire, this is where everyone starts to freak out. Everyone knows the injuries that he's, he's, he's dealing with. And a lot of other players, not of his caliber, because, of course, the quarterback is always in the spotlight. That's the position everyone's watching on the TV uh, that is so blown out of proportion. And in, this, in, this, in the current scenario he's in, I can understand why people get angry about it. Um, but from my perspective, I think it's understandable that people boot him, especially two, two and a half weeks, two weeks, two weeks now before the NFL season begins. Um, so you're kind of headed into the season like, oh, this is our Super Bowl year. We finally have everything together. We can do anything we want. We have a line finally. You know, Quentin Nelson, you got Ryan Kelly, and just, just a couple guys. And I'll go over their depth chart in a little bit when we go over the Colts' whole perspective this season and outlook. But they have their guys. He's had T.Y. Hilton. They sign um, Devin Funches. They have Marlon Mack in the backfield, Naheem Hines, who's going to you know, change a pace um, in the backfield. And regardless of who's in the backfield, again, Marlon Mack was a fifth-round pick. Naheem Hines wasn't a highly touted draft pick as a running back. You don't need Le'Veon Bell. You don't need Saquon Barkley in that backfield to perform. They knew that. They know exactly how to use these guys. So all the success you need is there. They have a phenomenal defense as well. They signed Justin Houston to, I think, a two-year deal um, after leaving the Chiefs. And it's a pretty team-friendly deal, if you ask me. Darius Leonard, and you have other guys there as well. Those are just the notable names. But I'm telling you right now, man, these guys are developing. They start bringing up young guys. Andrew Luck is in the prime of his career. Everything is set, and he decides to leave. I can understand why he got some booze. And a lot of people looking into it, you know, especially people who play football, for guys like J.J. Watt, who has said no one's been through his injuries. No one's been on his journey of, you know, depression and having to deal with these type of things and having to watch People play your position, such as Jacoby Brissett, play all year, and knowing you're supposed to be there, it sucks. It really, really does. And what I see from this is, no, he didn't deserve the booze. No, I believe no one thinks he deserved the booze, but you can definitely understand from where he was, which was in the stadium and the crowd there, knowing, getting the news on their cell phones and just seeing him walk out, it's a tough scene to look at. But you really have to look at it this way. Andrew Luck was a phenomenal player. He had a great, great, great career ahead of him. Um, great guy. He was always nice. Um, I always threw around. 
um, videos with friends back and forth about Andrew Luck getting tackled and saying, nice job, buddy, and, like, just being so nice. Like, he, that's how nice this guy is. It's just I'm, – I'm running out of words to say about this. I have so much running through my head about this Andrew Luck scenario. But trust me, man, you really have to look at this in the perspective that no one is in his shoes. No one can ever be in his shoes. Whatever he goes through is – is just him and whatever he has to deal with that's what he's dealing with and whether if it's making him sad or happy he has to make the decision do you want to step away from being depressed and be happy 10 times out of 10 you're going to make that decision whether it's Andrew Luck or someone listening to this right now dealing with issues with jobs or issues with school and you really want to make that decision am I going to switch majors and you know make myself happy going into this major or if you're at work should i leave this job that's high paying or i get I'm getting some decent pay and want to go work at a less paying job but it makes me happy you're going to make that decision and the thing with andrew luck right now is with football he doesn't want to step away from football everyone right now you sit in a cubicle you're at a desk or you're working on a computer or you know you're out there doing labor but it's not labor you know getting injured or Mind you, something's going to happen on the job. I'm not going to get into that specifically, but I'm just saying football is a constant, you know, pound for pound, play by play. You're going to get hit whether you like it or not. That's the way the game is. And that's pretty simple and cookie cutter the way you put it that way. But the amount of hits you have to deal with, the amount of injuries you have to deal with, um, th that's something not a lot of people get to experience. Not everyone gets to make the NFL. Not a lot of people get to make you know, say the NBA, when they when they deal with injuries, with ACL tears, and same thing with the NFL, and then the MLB, no one, not a lot of people get to experience that ever in their lives, and it's just the small percentage of people, and mind you, there's a lot of teams, there's a lot of organizations, not a lot of people coming up into the scene of playing sports will ever get to see a pro professional field, Not that's just, that's just the truth of it, but Andrew Luck, in his scenario, like I mentioned before, when you want to walk away from depression and finally be happy, his decision to step away football isn't making him happy it's just he knows that my mind isn't in the game right now so why should I make myself more depressed by playing the game I love that I don't love right now so he feels like stepping away from it maybe he'll feel a lot better and love himself a lot more and this brings me into the discussion will Andrew Luck be back for another NFL season and try to continue his career where he left off whether he's 32 or 33 he's 29 years old right now he just turned 29 um to me, it'd be very shocking, but a lot of people wouldn't rule out the fact if he came back. In my opinion, um, if he comes back to the Colts, um, that would be phenomenal for them. But to be honest with you, if they're going to be moving forward from here, and mind you, I'd, I'm, we're going to get into this. I don't think Jacoby Brissett is the reason. I don't think he's going to be the guy moving forward. He's kind of like the guy that came through and filled in for Andrew Luck in his position when he was dealing with this shoulder injury and he knows the system so they're going to roll with this guy but they have a quarterback heavy draft coming into at the end of the and the end of this year and then mind you the year after that they got Trevor Lawrence coming in who's probably one of the highly touted most phenomenal players of the past couple generations and yes he is that overhyped and I believe he is the truth but he's probably going to be number one overall pick for whoever is at that pick but Here's the thing, Andrew Luck, it's going to be a different league when he comes back. The league changes each and every year. And, you know, after dealing with those type of things, if he's happy with the way he is after years pass by, what's the point of coming back? I mean, mind you, you can, you know, come, like, bring yourself together to the point where I'm ready to play the game I love and come back. And if he does, that would be great for the league. But if Andrew Luck feels as though stepping away from the game is best for him, he should do it. And, and he, and he did. And he didn't even get to leave on his own terms. That's the worst part of this whole thing. He didn't get to leave on his own terms. 
what happened was he was at the stadium for the preseason game. He was talking to his guys on the field, telling them he's going to retire. He was he decided that probably weeks ago or two weeks ago or maybe even a week ago. I, I forgot the actual timeline. But his goal was to tell everyone on the field, hey, I'm retiring and I'm going to make this announcement and speak to speak to um, the press tomorrow. But instead, since he got booed and since he was pretty much rushed by paparazzi and you know camera guys and all, all these different people with cameras trying to get um, the scoop on what's going on with him just to get a story. He had to speak to the press that night and it was very sad to see him because he, he, it's a very hard decision to make, man. It's not easy. A guy of his caliber, he's way up there in the league. If you were to name top 10 quarterbacks, he's way up there, maybe even in the top five, but no discussion. This guy had a phenomenal career ahead of him. This could have been their year. I really thought it was going to be, um, but it kind of switches things up, but Think of it from think of it from the perspective as a player and how he's feeling, and again a lot a lot of people see you know he's just um, a quarterback in the league who does really well, and it's almost that they're that type of they're on this pedestal of you know like people don't think about anything beyond football, and I'm not sure if that makes any sense, but I'm trying to piece it all together. He looks. He just is. He's just a guy in the NFL who performs really well. That helps people's fantasy teams. That's what people see him as. And a lot of people, in the, you know, if it's your fan base, you appreciate him. But you don't look at him beyond football. A lot of people just see this as a decision that screws them, and that's very, very, very selfish. And honestly, sports fan bases, um, they they think they see these players as just kind of like a fantasy per se. I don't really know how to put it together. It's not like they're real people. It's kind of like a reality television show. But these are real people with real feelings who are performing a job that they get paid for each and every day and no one knows what happened behind what happens behind closed doors you know he missed all last year with a shoulder injury ankle injury right now he's falling into that cycle he said it over and over and it's a decision he made for his own happiness and people have to learn how to deal with that and Andrew Luck has to learn how to deal with that now and I hope he'll he feels better moving forward hopefully he's a better he's in a better place in his life now I mean he has all the money in the world to do anything he wants so I hope he travels I hope you know he has some time at home with his family he's going to be a father soon so he's got his whole life ahead of him 29 years old um, no longer in the NFL and for the right reasons so if you're looking at it overall just to kind of top things off so I can get started with the AFC South Andrew Luck is a guy where we're never going to see his perspective. You're not going to see the perspective of anyone else you see every day. You are who you are, and everyone should respect his decision, and I know his decision is so blown out of proportion because he, at this age, you're, you're supposed to perform until you're at least like at 35, 37 maybe. That's how far a career grows, maybe as a, as a quarterback. Other positions will make it till there, but you, when you see it from the inside out, outside in, however you want to put it, Andrew Luck made this decision based on his own happiness. So we'll end it off there. Um, and no more Andrew Luck. I was actually running out of things to say. Um, hopefully I didn't miss anything. Um, but let's jump into the AFC South. So I wanted to get started with my previous Super Bowl pick, which was um, the Colts to win the AFC South and take it all the way to the Super Bowl um, to win it all. But let's take a look at this, you know, you know, from the top, from the top down. Let, let's take a look at it all around here. So I got the depth chart right in front of me. Um, Andrew Luck is retired, and he gave the keys over to Jacoby Brissett. And like I said before, Jacoby Brissett 
was with the Patriots. He was drafted by the Patriots. He was eventually traded to the Colts. Um, he started that year for the whole season when Andrew Luck was out with a shoulder injury, so he knows the system. Um, he's officially going to you know, ride this train till the wheels fall off until they get another quarterback. I don't think he is the guy moving forward. And if you were to ask me um, who they should bring in, probably a guy like Jake Fromm, maybe Tua. I think Jake Fromm would be really good um, in their position, but I feel like they're too good to be, you know, in a position in the draft where they're not going to be able to snag a guy like him. So that's why I, that's why I'm saying two years, maybe a year from now, and they they decide to snag Trevor snag Trevor Lawrence. It's just weird, man. I don't know if they're going to be that high in the draft to be able to select these guys. But I think he would be a great fit. Um, I just know Jacoby Brissett is not the answer. He's more of a fill-in guy. And we're we're gonna have to see how he performs this year. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I don't know. I would like to see it. Um, Jacoby Brissett was under the under Belichick for a year. Uh, comes in, he fills in the spot for Andrew Luck. He didn't do awful. I thought he did. You know, he held them above water. I thought he did all right. Um, but we'll we'll have to see what happens coming into this year. He has uh, guys like Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines in the backfield to help him out. Um, Jordan Wilkins um, as well, um, but, but Hines and Mack are definitely going to be the one-two punch there. They signed uh, Devin Funches to the one-year deal. Um, T.Y. Hilton, who is a reliable wide receiver, um, but his numbers without Andrew Luck aren't as high as you would think, but maybe with all the protection that they have, um, that they will use utilize him a lot more because you want to use a guy like him. He is considered a wide receiver one whenever I see him in fantasy or whenever I see him on TV for the games. I don't really see a lot of action out of him, but when he does get action, um, especially against teams like the Texans where he, it's just a division team where he has their number, he performs pretty well, and I really want to see him perform just like that um, for every other team in the NFL because this guy is a phenomenal talent. Um, he is just under the radar always because he has, he has games where he has zero catches for zero yards, and that's just what happens. And a big, big target that they'll have in the end zone now is Eric Ebron. He pro bowler last year, phenomenal player. He gets um, – he was in Indianapolis for a little bit um, after being traded to uh, – after after being traded from the Lions. So he gets, to, he gets to experience his playing career outside of Detroit, and it worked out for him. Change of scenery definitely helped him, and he's going to be a big target. target. And mind you, uh, the Colts run a two-tight end set, so they'll have Jack Doyle as well. Jack Doyle was a reliable target for Andrew Luck, uh, really good friends with him. Wiley Cox as well, they use him when Jack Doyle's not in. Um, I, I definitely expect a big year out of Eric Ebron. If not, um, I'm not sure what other targets they'll go with because he's a, he's a very big red zone target. T.Y. Hilton is a phenomenal player um, on the outside. Um, but again, I mentioned, I say this all the time and it's true. Tight ends are rookie quarterbacks, best friends. And Jacoby Brissett is not a rookie. Um, but if he, if he plays, um, you know, like a rookie per se, and I don't want to, I don't want to mention it like that, but he has, he didn't play all year last year. So it's kind of like he has to recuperate himself and get used to this offense again. And if you can't find T.Y. Hilton on the outside or Devin Funches, you got to go with a guy like Eric Ebron in the end zone or try to get some yardage with Eric Ebron. And then you could utilize Jack Doyle. So definitely... Expect a year out of these tight end sets um, to re- to really uh, you know be utilized in a way to get them to score. Um, let's get into their offensive line. When I, honestly, second best offensive line in the AFC, um, second to the Steelers, and they have left tackle Anthony Costanzo. They have left guard Quentin Nelson, uh, their first round pick last year. He's going into his sophomore year. Um, and he is considered to be pretty much a yellow jacket at the end of his career. That's how great this guy is. Um, I even thought the Giants should have taken him in, in the uh, NFL draft and traded back for him. Um, but they have Ryan Kelly at center, too. 
Uh, they have right guard um, Mark Lewinsky. They have right tackle Braden Smith. Phenomenal offensive line. So the question here is for their offense overall. All goes back to the quarterback Jacoby Brissett. He has all the weapons he can utilize now. He has everyone that he can use that will lead him to success. And a lot of quarterbacks like him have to step in for a team that don't have all this talent. And they still perform bad, and some of them may perform decent. But he has everything in the agenda where he should perform at an A-plus level and nothing below that. And he's not going to perform like Andrew Luck. He is an Andrew Luck. There's no way he is. Um, but he can utilize his legs. He can utilize his arm because he's going to have that protection. He's going to stand in the pocket all day. So it all goes back to him. He is going to be the X factor for him now, and we'll have to see where this goes from there. We'll jump into their defense for a second here. Uh, they have Justin Houston, like I mentioned before, at defensive end. Anthony Walker at linebacker. Darius Leonard as well. Um, uh, Jabal Sherd at uh, left defensive end. Uh, Marcus Hunt at uh, defensive tackle and you know I have other names here but defensively it's a young up-and-coming defensive unit that sh- that, are, that is going to be utilized and very heavily involved in their success and if the offense isn't going well I definitely believe their defense is going to hold them up above water a little bit but overall for the Colts I am expecting a very big offensive presence even if Andrew Luck isn't there so let's jump into their schedule for a second before I move on. They take on the Chargers week one, so that's a pretty tough matchup. They got the Titans week two, division game. Falcons week uh, three, and then Raiders week four. Uh, Chiefs uh, week five. It's going to be a very tough, um, tough, tough team to go against. I mean, when the when these guys meet in the playoffs, um, it's very it's a very interesting watch. But now that they have Pat Mahomes and all the weapons he has and it's just going to be a very high-powered offense. I'm not sure how they're going to be able to perform against those guys because Jacoby Brissett answering to Pat Mahomes is is a pretty tough mission to accomplish. Uh, let's see here. One, two, three, four, five. They have the Texans week six, Broncos week seven, Steelers week eight, uh, Dolphins week nine, Jaguars week ten, Texans again at week 11, Titans week 12, Bucks. Week 13, Saints week 14, Panthers week 15, and then we end off with the Jaguars week 17. So are we looking at a tough schedule? I would say it's a medium schedule for the amount of uh, talent that they have. Again, the Chargers are going to be a tough matchup. Titans should be a team that go back. they go back and forth with each and every year, and hopefully they can capitalize on them. Because I, I, honestly, I don't think the Titans are that great of a team. The Raiders are a very big question mark type team with a lot of talent, though, um, which is what the Colts have but the Colts are very uh, steady as of right now. The Raiders are still accumulating themselves to the head coach going into his second year and John Gruden. Falcons are a tough team because each and every year they're they're successful and they're still trying to find their footing after losing the Super Bowl. Chiefs are tough, like I mentioned before. Texans division game, these are the games you have to win. Steelers are going to be a tough matchup. Dolphins, I think they're going to win that game. Uh, Jaguars, if they perform the way they perform, um, excuse me, if they perform the way they, do, uh, def- they did defensively a couple years back, I think... Th- um, that'll be a tough matchup as well. So thinking of it from an offensive perspective, it's going to be a very, you know, kind of a tough schedule, but nothing that they can't handle. That's the pretty much my whole gist of the Colts season. But we'll have to see what happens in, in the season. It's very tough for me to decide that right now because if you put the name Andrew Luck with the Colts right now, I 100% believe that 
he would have been able to handle each and every team offensively, and that's no question. And that would have given energy to the defense and given the offense energy to keep moving forward. He's a very motivational guy. He's a nice guy. People want to play for him. But now Jacoby is going to have to leave that lead that uh, unit to um, success, and we'll have to see this year because now it's just a develop, developmental year, if anything, because you have second-year guys coming in, and they have to, they're accumulating to the NFL now. They, they know exactly what to expect. And we'll have to see what happens. And um, Jacoby Brissett's experienced. He's seen a lot of the field. And he just has to really put it together. So I'll end off there. Um, let's head into the Texans real quick. So I believe the Texans, besides their offensive line, it's a very, very, very uh, talented unit. And I definitely think a team like this should consider trading for Trent uh, Williams uh, of the Redskins. Uh, but the Redskins aren't really budging with trades right now. I definitely think that would be a great asset. These guys, the only thing they really need to fix up a little bit is their offensive line because you have Deshaun Watson, a phenomenal quarterback, very electrifying quarterback. He was kind of the Patrick Mahomes type, you know, quarterback coming into the his rookie year. He performed extremely well. He's mobile, um, even with his ACL injuries from college and ACL injury that he had um, in his first year towards the tail end of the or towards the middle of the uh, NFL season. Uh, but now he's back. He's fully healthy. Um, they have uh, Lamar Miller, who's now in IR. He tore his ACL. Uh, Devontae, uh, Dante Foreman is out. Um, so their backfield is a very big question mark here as well. Um, it looks uh, it looks to me they're going to be moving forward with uh, Duke Johnson. Um, I said a while ago on my radio show that a good place for Duke Johnson to land, even when Lamar Miller was healthy, was going to the Texans or the Jets. And that was before the Jets acquired Le'Veon Bell. So I think moving forward, Duke Johnson's their guy. But he was always seen as the pass-catching pass back. Um, if you need to use him on the ground, uh, you can use him. But he isn't a ground-and-pound type guy that they need there. And there's not a lot of depth there. So I expect them to make a push for another running back um, if push comes to shove because Duke Johnson carrying this load – is going to be tough, and it's going to be a kind of a, a year to see if he can handle it. And so we'll have to see that moving forward. DeAndre Hopkins, what more can you say about this guy? Whenever the ball touches his hands, he's always going to catch in and make a play out of it. Phenomenal player, so I hope Deshaun Watson uses him to his advantage because DeAndre Hopkins has, has gone through plenty of quarterbacks in his career that weren't great, but we're talking about Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage, who was, going to, who was rumored to start – to start the season over Deshaun Watson and he did for the first couple games before Deshaun Watson took uh, the role of starting quarterback and he still performed the way he did so phenomenal player you definitely like to have a guy like that on, on your team and not a lot of NFL teams get to have a guy like that so they also have Kiki QT um, I think this is the second year in the league if I'm not mistaken um, he had a pretty decent year especially fantasy wise his name always roamed around in the fantasy world um, I expect Sean Watson to use utilize him a lot as well. And then Will Fuller, and whenever he's on the field, again, he's always questionable. He's always injured. Whenever he's on the field, Deshaun Watson looks to him as a deep threat chart, the deep threat target, and it always it pretty much works. He always puts up numbers. And when he was on that that run of having a touchdown pass, I forgot what type of record he had going on, but he was throwing uh, multiple touchdown passes to Will Fuller. And uh, I hope he stays healthy because Deshaun Watson a lot. As a as a player of his you know caliber, I think he's very good at spreading the ball out, and I see a lot of quarterbacks utilize their wide receiver one uh, plenty of times, and they don't really utilize anyone else. But um, I definitely think Will Fuller will be um, a pretty nice deep, uh, deep threat target. DeAndre Hopkins, whenever he touches the ball, he will make a play out of it. So if you have guys like that, uh, the sky's the limit. But like I mentioned, where the issue lies here. 
is that their offensive line isn't too great. They have Titus Howard, um, Sinio Calametti, and then Nick Martin at center, Zach Fulton, who's questionable. So some of these guys are injured. Uh, Max Sharping at right tackle. They just have to really make uh, a decision here as to where 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 their assets should be. And I definitely think their assets should be at offensive line. And I think moving forward, they'll definitely focus on that. I definitely have uh, faith in the Texans. And again, like I mentioned before, for the Colts, if you don't protect your quarterback, there's no hope. And they really need to protect their quarterback here because Deshaun Watson has gotten injured before. Non-contact ACL tear, you definitely don't want to contact ACL tear or any other injury. God forbid that happens. And then jumping to their defense, a very big question mark right now is, are the Texans going to be trading uh, Jadavian Clowney, uh, especially since he hasn't signed his franchise tag tender? Um, and it looks to me that they're looking to move forward with him. He's already visited the Dolphins. Eagles are showing interest in other teams as well. Um, J.J. Watt still their defensive end. He if he performs the way he does and stays on the field healthy, um, sky's the limit for him. Uh, he's been a phenomenal player his entire career, and you want to keep a guy like that on the team. If Clowney is not on the team, who was their first round, first overall pick, um, having J.J. Watt isn't a bad second option, and he was their first option for a very long time. And I would still even I would still even consider that that he is their first. Um, you know, first option because you have how long he's been there. He's pretty much been the face of the franchise. Um, they have Brandon Dunn at uh, nose tackle. Uh, you have DJ Reader at uh, defensive end. Jadavian Clowney is questionable right now because we don't know if he's going to be traded. He's on the depth chart right now as a left outside linebacker. Uh, they have McKinney at inside linebacker. Uh, Zach Cunningham at right out uh, inside linebacker. Um, and some other guys like their corners. They have Roby. They have Jonathan Joseph at uh, corner as well. So a decent defense, but as long as these guys, um, you know, keep it together, and you know, I I've seen the worst out of these guys, and I don't. This isn't a bad unit at all, um, but that's when Jadavian Clowney's on the field, and again, even missing one piece could uh, change the uh, outcome of their season. So, like I mentioned before, a very high-powered offense. Um, if you were to ask me, I think I see a lot of potential out of this team. Um, we'll have to see moving forward because, again, Jadavian Clowney is a big piece of that defensive unit. And offensively, if they can't protect Deshaun Watson, he's in for a rude awakening. So uh, week one, they go up against the Saints. Very tough matchup right away. They go up against the Jags week two, Chargers week three, Panthers week four, Falcons week five, Chiefs week six. And if you haven't noticed yet, that's a pretty tough schedule going into this year um, right off the bat for the first six weeks. So they have a pretty big challenge ahead of them. If they can overcome those, I think they have a pretty bright future ahead of them heading into the playoffs. They have the Colts week seven, Raiders week eight, Jaguars week nine, Ravens week 10, um, Colts week 11, pa uh, Patriots week 12, Broncos week 13, um, Titans week 14, Bucks week 15, Titans week 16 to end off the year. Pretty tough schedule. If you were to ask me if their offensive line doesn't perform um, this is going to be a very tough year for Deshaun Watson. And not even defensively, I just mean not even for teams defensively uh, to attack them by. I just mean that these are very high-caliber offenses, offenses that they'll be facing early on in the season. So if he's not unable to answer, they're not going to be looking to win any games. So uh, previewing, just, just to give a full preview, and I haven't really done that yet with the Colts and the Texans, I don't see any bright spots here for them and but as long as the Texans are able to perform offensively and Deshaun Watson can somehow evade from all the defensive players and uh 
you know, scramble out of the pocket and make throws, I think they are going to be a top team in this division. Um, truthfully, I think the Colts, their ceiling now from Super Bowl winner is maybe third, second place. Um, I would even play it safe and say third. Um, but the reason being is Jaguars are going to have a pretty tough year heading into the season. Again, um, these guys defensively are phenomenal. The names that they have there, they have Pro Bowl type players, but you have guys like Kelvin, uh, Telvin Smith, who's sitting out the year. You have guys like Yannick Ngakwe, who's going to be sitting out because he hasn't gotten his long-term contract. And you can't pay everyone. And this is a defensive unit now that there's not a lot of money to go around. They're not paying Jalen Ramsey this year, but he'll be playing. Um, he's looking for some money next year. He said he's not going to be cheap. He wants his money. So this is a year they really have to have to capitalize on. So we'll jump into the Jaguars here. Uh, so their new quarterback, Nick Foles, so they signed to a four-year $88 million contract or $84 million contract. I don't know. You know the number. But four years, they get to have this guy. He, um, he has some weapons to work with. Um, they have a pretty deep uh, offensive unit, um, especially uh, wide receiver-wise. But um, Nick Foles, Super Bowl winner, and that's a, that's a guy you want to have on the team. Previously, they had Blake Bortles. They extended him. But he was competing for a starting spot with Cody Kessler and Chad Henney, and it was just a, a very tough situation for him. He's now backing up for Jared Goff over there in L.A., but Nick Foles – a very, you know, a very tough guy, a very strong guy, very, you know, he's very calm as well. That's the big, that's the big piece out of that. He's a very calm quarterback and he could step back in the pocket and make a throw. Um, if he's protected, even if he's not protected, he can find a guy that's open, make a play, gain a, make a gain of four yards and move forward from there. Um, but he gets to, he gets to play around now, um, with Leonard Fournette over there in the backfield. Um, they had Alfred Blue as their second string. Um, they had Marquise Lee at wide receiver, Chris Conley as well, Didi uh, Westbrook, uh, DJ Chark at wide receiver. Uh, they have Swaim at tight end. Um, I don't expect a huge tight end, um, you know, type offense going into this year. I definitely expect Nick Foles to spread the ball around with these guys because there's not a number one receiver, well, number one wide receiver. I don't think the Jaguars have had one in a very long time. Um, right now, they're once you think Jaguars, you think about their defense. Um, but th their linemen aren't aren't awful. I mean, Andrew Andrew Norwell was the number one um, guard going into free agency uh, two years ago, I think a year ago. Um, they have Jawan Taylor at right tackle, AJ Can at right guard, Brandon Linder at center, uh, left tackles Cam Cam Robinson. I mean, this isn't a bad offensive unit, and if they can protect Nick Foles for longer than a couple seconds, um, at least seven seconds, even that's a stretch. He can make a throw, and I think Nick Foles doesn't even need that much time. So I definitely expect this offensive unit to open some eyes here and uh, make some noise coming into this year because every year their noise is mostly coming from the defensive side of the ball, and that's where their success success comes from. And a very weak offensive presence last year got them a 5-11 and record when the year before that they were in the AFC Championship game. Um, so I definitely expect a run for the playoffs. Um, like I mentioned before, now seeing... Andrew Luck out of this division I, I could see the Jaguars you know taking advantage of that and trying to make it to second place or first place I definitely see these guys you know bashing heads with the Texans to try to get that number one spot I definitely think there's a lot more potential for the Jaguars than the Texans again the Texans like I mentioned before are a very big team I expect to take the next step but again the Jaguars have guys on their team who they've had for a very long time they've had some second year guys third year guys who know exactly what the system is and they have both sides of the ball pretty much uh put together but we'll have to look into their schedule and see uh what uh 
how they're what what it's looking like for the first couple weeks into the season. So, like I mentioned before, defensive end Yannick Ngakwe uh, will not be playing until he gets an extended contract. So they have Josh Allen, who was their first round pick, who I thought was a steal in the draft, mostly because the Giants took Daniel Jones. Um, but I think they're keeping that defensive float by drafting him. Um, they have Aubrey Jones at left tackle, uh, Marcel Darius at uh, defensive tackle, who I think is a phenomenal player. Calais Campbell at defensive end, he is. A pro bowler each and every year. Miles Jack at um, linebacker. Um, and who are some other guys here? Oh, yeah, their corners. A.J. Boyer and Jalen Ramsey, who I think are pretty big ones who punch um, at corners. I think a lot of teams uh, have to only have one corner and can't really supply a second corner. I think the Jaguars' biggest biggest asset is getting A.J. Boyer and having Jalen Ramsey uh, coming up as a youngster. And now heading into next year, probably going to have one of the biggest contracts as a cornerback. Um, so I definitely see a still strong defensive unit. They're not going to carry the team, but I definitely they'll have. I definitely think they'll have an even balance um, offensively and defensively. And that's my big take on the Jaguars this year. And I definitely see some big things coming out of them. But schedule-wise, we'll have to take a look here and see what's going on here because there's only so much they could do. So they have the Chiefs Week One, pretty tough matchup. But defensively, they're going to give Pat Mahomes a run for his money. Um, they have the Texans Week 2 division game, Titans Week 3, Broncos Week 4, Panthers Week 5. So far, five weeks in, I could see a couple wins already. Uh, week 6, you got the Saints. Bengals Week um, Week 7, uh, Jets Week 8, Texans Week 9, Colts Week 10, Titans 11, Bucks 12, Chargers Week 14, Raiders Week 15, uh, Falcons Week 16, um, excuse me, I was one number off, but the uh, week 15 is the Falcons and then week 16 ends with the Colts. Again, not a bad, not a bad schedule in coming into the season. I definitely expect these guys to make a run for first place. They definitely think that spot's wide open. And, um, if the Texans again, don't, perf- don't perform the way they do offensively, which I expect them to have a high powered offense. I think the Jaguars are going to have a pretty solid season. Again, Nick Foles, I definitely think he's a phenomenal quarterback that can take them to a playoff run. Um, again, Super Bowl winner. He's been there before. Um, a new team. He's finally got some money. Uh, the sky's the limit for these guys. I definitely expect them to try to head back to first place and head back into an AFC championship like they were two years ago. And to kind of wrap this thing up, we'll talk about the Texans a little bit. So the Texans are now uh, – sorry, the Texans, the Titans. Um, coming into this year, they are under Mike Rabel for the second year now, Marcus Mariota. Um, it's kind of a prove-it year for him. He's uh, currently competing for – the starting spot, and he's been a non-negotiable starter for the past couple years, but now they're kind of trying to bring that competitive edge out of him because it's not a guaranteed spot. It's not guaranteed you're going to make a contract after this year. So they bring in Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins. Um, and again, Ryan Tannehill isn't an awful player. He's a great player, and uh, he was just, you know, he just had to deal with injuries as well, um, which happens a lot with players. Um, but it this, I don't think it's a bad offensive unit here. I definitely can make some noise here. But, again, Marcus Mariota, he is going to be the key factor for him. And if he could stay healthy and if he could stay um, competent enough that he remains the starting quarterback, I think these guys will be a great unit. And if he uses their wide receivers, again, I'm expecting a year from Corey Davis because, again, he was their fourth-round pick overall, I think, two years ago. This is going into his third year. He's had a playoff game. Um, it's time for him to start being their number one receivers. Hopefully Marcus Mariota can get the ball to him. Um, but we'll have to see what happens with Ryan, with, uh, Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota and how these guys are going to perform coming to this year. I honestly expect another year 
of Mariota to start off the season. Maybe midseason they put in Tannehill as a change of pace guy to kind of see where they go from there and if he, they're more successful with him or Mariota. Again, this is a contract year for Mariota, so they like to keep him in the full year. But I definitely think we're going to see Ryan Tannehill on the field, whether injury or not. He's going to touch the field as a starting quarterback at some point um, just because it's it's going to be a decision Mike Vabrell is going to make. Uh, but we'll have to see coming in this year. we got Derrick Henry. I'm expecting a big year out of him, but they don't really use him until later on in the seasons. Um, but I definitely think regardless of who's at running back, um, once they brought in Deion Lewis and they, and they gave him a contract uh, coming from the Patriots, it, it, it was more seen as a dual backfield because Deion Lewis can run the ball. He's a pass-catching back. Derrick Henry is a ground-and-pound type guy. And they really wanted to run the ball with both of them. And whenever they gave Deion Lewis opportunities, he didn't perform. But once they give the ball to Derrick Henry, he performs. It's really not a weird formula to make. Derrick Henry can run the ball if you want him to. Um, if you just give him the ball, he'll perform for you. He had that big run against the Jaguars um, on Thursday Night Football. And he's he's going to make those type of plays. He's just a ground-and-pound guy, and he's very fast. I mean, if a guy can break from the one-yard line all the way to the opposite end zone, I think that's already telling you something. Give the ball to this guy 20 times a game, he'll do something. If they become run first, they'll definitely open things up for Marcus Mariota um, and spread the ball out. And so they kind of add some depth to their wide receiving core and Adam Adam Humphreys. They have Tajay Sharp, who's been with the team for a couple years, but um, he hasn't gotten the ball as much. So I definitely expect Adam Humphreys to be getting the ball a lot. I see in the preseason, Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota is targeting, targeting him um, early and often. So I definitely expect him to have a large, massive season. Um, he also played with Jameis Winston with the Bucks, and he received the ball a lot as a deep threat in the slot. Um, so expect a year out of Adam Humphreys. I definitely think Marcus Mariota should use him um, to his advantage. They have Taewon Taylor at wide receiver um, as well. And again, not a, there's depth here, but not a lot of big names. And like I mentioned, Corey, da- Corey Davis. Um, so Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys should have a pretty decent year. Um, I expect those two guys mainly on the outside to – to really help benefit Marcus Mariota the most. And uh, if these guys perform to the way they're getting paid, especially Adam Humphreys, who was a free agent and signed with them, um, I definitely think uh, the sky... I don't want to say the sky is the limit because Marcus Mariota really has to perform. And uh, these guys could run routes and get open all they want, but if Marcus Mariota doesn't get them the ball, there's really no point in it. They get Delaney Walker back. I definitely definitely think um, Marcus Mariota is going to use him a lot if they can't get the ball to... You know, Taewon Taylor, Corey Davis, and Adam Humphreys, it's going to be a tough year for him. And I definitely think Delaney Walker is is, is going to be a phenomenal piece for them because they miss, he missed all of last year with an injury, um, but he was a phenomenal player the year before. People forget his performance, but he was all reliable for them. Definitely a safety blanket Marcus Mariota should be using. Um, Taylor Lewan is suspended for the first couple games of the season, so when he comes back, they should be in tip-top shape. It's unfortunate we don't get to see him in the, in the beginning of the season, but he is one of the best uh, left tackles in the league. And those don't come around too often. Um, they have Roger, Sa- Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, um, Kevin Panfile at right guard, uh, Jack Conklin at right tackle. Not a bad offensive unit. Sometimes Marcus Mariota has to scramble a bit, and missing Taylor Lewan is definitely a tough thing to, t- a tough piece to lose. But Marcus Mariota has definitely has to hold up his own for the first couple games of the season until Taylor Lewan comes back. So if he holds him above water, I definitely think Marcus Mariota will have a decent season. Um, we'll take a look at their schedule in a little bit. Their uh, defense isn't awful. Again, they have uh, one of the best defensive ends in the league, Jarrell Casey. Um, Austin Johnson at nose tackle. Uh, Daquan Jones at left defensive end. Um, let's see here. They have Wesley Woodyard 
at left inside linebacker, Jalen Brown at inside linebacker, uh, Cameron Wake at offensive linebacker, very good piece for them, Kevin Bard, who signed a massive contract with them at free safety, Logan Ryan at cornerback, Malcolm Butler at cornerback, so not a bad cornerback, one-two set, Malcolm, Malcolm Butler's kind of on the downward, downward end of his, of his career, where he guesses he finally gets his money leaving the Patriots uh, to come to the Titans. Um, but Logan Ryan is, is a pretty solid player, too. He was also from the Patriots. So let's look into their schedule for a little bit. So, again, a lot of pieces here and there that are nice for them, but how will they perform in the regular season? So they got the Browns coming into week one. They have the uh, Colts week two, Jags week three, Falcons week four, Bills week five, Broncos week six, so already in the first six weeks. A couple of tough matchups, especially in division. Um, they're going to have to take advantage of the Colts coming into this year with Jacoby Brissett on defense. Uh, but the Browns, again, are a brand-new team. Basically, from the bottom up, um, they finally have their quarterback. They have a nice uh, offense who they're building in the draft. They're drafting well with those guys. A great offensive presence for those guys. New head coach who knows exactly how to run them. So it's not going to be a walk in the park anymore to face the Browns. So a very tough team to start the year with. <laughs> Excuse me. But that does not mean that they can't take advantage of these guys. So let's see if they attack them early and often for week one. Um, but back to the rest of their schedule going into weeks. Uh, so let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six. Going into week six, they got the Browns, like I mentioned before. Week seven is the Chargers. Bucks week eight. Uh, Panthers week nine. Chiefs week 10. Uh, Jags week 11. Colts week 12. Raiders week 13. Texans week 14. Saints week 15. Uh, and then they finish off with the Texans week 16. So I, d I definitely see... You know, I, I definitely I would I would definitely pick the Browns early and often week one, so I don't think the Titans would win that game. I definitely think uh as early in the season as it is for Jacoby Brissett to be starting and dealing with Andrew Luck's loss, I definitely think they could take advantage of the Colts week two. Um Jaguars week three, I definitely think the Jags are very high powered and they can they know how to perform they know how to perform with the Titans in the division. So I think week three, uh they lose. Week four they lose against the Falcons, Falcons you know, playing a dome for the for most of their season this year, I think 13 games. So those guys are going to be, you know, coming at you pretty hard. I think the Bills that could take on them uh, week five, like Broncos are going to be a tough, tough game. I think it's going to be very head to head with that game. So it's up to them to win. Chargers are a tough team. You know, Bucks have a brand new head coach. So who knows how they're going to perform? I expect a big year out of them. Panthers, as long as uh, Cam Newton stays healthy. I think they'll be fine. So a lot of games here, I don't see the Titans winning. The Chiefs, I think, have this in the bag. Um, I think the Jaguars, again, are going to give them a I think this is a team that's going to be tough for in-division matchups. And I definitely think the Jaguars will perform against these guys pretty solid uh, throughout the, the whole year. I definitely think the Jags are going to win most of their in-division games. Um, and then we jump into the Colts again. Then we'll have to. It's pretty much going to be a whole different team going into December first, um, as opposed to uh, September fifteenth. So we'll have to see what happens at that. Um, and by the time uh, December eighth rolls around, we'll know exactly who the Raiders are. But I definitely think the Raiders are good enough to win that game. I think the Texans will win the next game after that. Saints will win again, and maybe they take the game against the Texans week sixteen if they're not putting in their starters and they're ready for the playoffs. So. We'll have to see. I definitely think the Titans will be a last-place team coming into this year, um, unfortunately. But I see a lot of talent there. But the good news for them is that maybe they'll have a steady team with a steady, 
you know, offensive coordinator. Marcus Mariota hasn't had that. So he's been a victim of the benefit of the doubt because he hasn't had a steady either coach, head coach, or offensive coordinator. And now I think he's found a steady part in his career where he could finally, you know, go thing, go through things over with the coaching staff and not have to worry about the end of the year uh, firing your offensive uh, coordinator for any for just to get a new guy in there to perform well for you. And again, it's a prove it year, so he's really going to have to get along with his offensive coordinator and get. And Mike Vrabel's going to have to get really involved with their offense, even though he's very defensive minded. Um, he's they're really going to have to benefit him coming into this year because again, Ryan Tannehill's ready to go whenever he's ready, um, whenever they're ready to put him in. So I definitely see the Jaguars. Crawling back from 5-11 and 11 to try to take this division in first place, I think the Texans, as long as they hold themselves above water offensively and Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson, no injuries or anything, um, they'll be in the run for first place. So I definitely see a first, second place uh, duo there. I think the Colts are good enough to make third place in the Titans in Week 4. Uh, Titans um, in, uh, fourth in the division, excuse me. I'm going off the rails here. <laughs> um, but... That's how who I see in the AFC South. Um, I mean, there's a lot. Of, you can make the argument that the Texans are better than the Jaguars, and maybe the Jaguars have another year where their defense kind of shuts down, and maybe Nick Foles is getting accumulated to the offense. Yes, they have John Filippo at offensive coordinator. That's pretty scary. So you can make the argument there. Um, but for the Texans, they're a great, great team. I see a, a one. I see a head-to-head battle between the Jaguars and the Texans coming into this year. The Colts. Um, you know, battling for third place. I don't think they're moving from that spot. If they if they're in last place, I will be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if they start getting in the mix of banging heads with the Texans as well and the Jaguars slowly moving past them into the first place spot. But I don't see the Titans having a a pretty good year coming to this year, to be honest with you. Um so that's gonna wrap it up there. That was my AFC South preview. I got some more previews coming into um the NFL season before we get started on September eighth. I'm very excited for this NFL season. I'll be previewing the NFC South, I believe, with Chris tomorrow. I'm not sure when it will go up, but that should be the plan. Um, so stick around for that. Make sure to follow the Instagram and Twitter at Franchise Tag Pod. You can find the latest updates on what's going on around the league, um, as long uh, as well as some clips from previous shows, um, just to kind of give you guys an idea of what I talk about on the podcast. So make sure to check those out. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, go to Franchise Tag um, Podcast on YouTube. And more clips should be coming out as the season rolls on. Um, again, September's coming, which means the NFL is here. I am ready for this season. Last week of the preseason is this week. Thank goodness. And we finally get to see some head-to-head um, NFL football. And I couldn't be more excited. I know you guys are too. Expect some more episodes to come out for Franchise Tag. Stick around with us. Big things are coming. Um, other than that, thank you guys for listening. And I will see you next time.